Good morning, church. Good morning. Thank you for joining us this morning. Please stand with me if you are able, and we'll come together and sing praises to God. Follow. 
Good morning and welcome to Emmanuel Baptist Church here in person and online. I was told last time, I may talk a little fast, but I can't help it. When I get excited, I start talking fast. So I'm going to try to do this much slower today. Um, I noticed that there was no demo derby parking in the parking lot today. You guys did great with parking in those yellow lines. Uh, be sure to join us today for the annual Macoupin Baptist Association meeting here at Emmanuel Baptist Church. 3 o'clock registration begins, 3.30 the annual meeting, 4.25 worship with 2 by 2 Doug Morrow with the Baptist Foundation and pastor of the Together Church, and 6 p.m. is the annual meeting for the fellowship meal. Thanks to Pastor Cliff. He printed these a little bigger, so I don't need my glasses, but now I wrote some stuff, so I'll put it on. The quilting group is doing a fundraiser, and they are trying to get some supplies for more missions for their quilts. This is that beautiful quilt that you see in the activity center over there. They are auctioning it, raffling it off. You can get six tickets for $5 or one ticket for a dollar. The goal is to raise for future projects, but they've donated to the Baptist Children's Home, Disaster Relief, the Nursing Homes, Pregnancy Center, and they've done quilts for our members and other members that are not members with our church. So we would like for you guys to do that. And Christmas is just around the corner. Be a great way to get a great gift. And you did, you can say, and I helped make it. <laughs> Maybe not. I did not help make it. Um, top secret. And the reason this is top secret, because it's not going to be top secret, but Cliff doesn't know this yet. And I'll slow down again. I can tell I'm getting excited. <laughs> top secret. We're going to find out that Chef Bananas, a magician, is coming on December the 4th. So mark your calendars. More to come. But Chef Bananas, just remember that. Um, today, in prayer emphasis for Mission Illinois, comes to a close. We still have the offering envelopes to pick up on your way out if you didn't get one. Today, we're going to watch a video focusing on Chicagoland. One question I'd ask all Illinois Baptists to consider is, what would life be like if you didn't have your church? The vast majority around Chicago don't have such a family. We don't lack need for churches and missionaries to be in the city on mission. The neighborhood of Austin that we reside in is about 100,000 people, right? So, so, so if we were to plant you know, 300 churches, we wouldn't even touch everyone. Well, Austin is just one of 77 neighborhoods in Chicago. John Kelly now leads the Chicago West Bible Church, a church that knows it's a missionary to its Austin neighborhood. But his path to the pulpit in Chicago was less than conventional. Just 20 years ago, he was sitting in a jail cell for murder. I was born in Chicago. Um, but grew up in Philadelphia. My family had uh, come to this country from Jamaica, so I grew up in a single-parent home. My mother tried her best. I got into a lot of trouble. First time I ever got arrested, I was 12. It was ripping and running the streets, and unfortunately, made a very poor decision. When I turned 19, went with a group of friends uh, to rob one of the drug dealers in the neighborhood, and one of my friends shot and killed him. It was 2002. 
Um, I'm sitting in the county jail in solitary confinement, um, looking at the death penalty or life in prison. So you're in this room all day by yourself. There's this guard that worked the, uh, the block, and uh, he was a Christian. I asked him for something to read, and he gave me a copy of God's Word. And uh, I began reading the Word, and I haven't been the same since. Accepting Jesus totally changed John's life. From that point forward, all he wanted to do was preach the gospel. He thought it would be a prison church, but he was released in 2008 and launched a new church in 2016. So we partner with um, you know, IBSA and Send Network and planted Chicago West Bible Church. We've just been trying to focus on long-term missionary mentality here in the city. John's church has accomplished something that so few churches do well, and that is how do you bring all these different backgrounds, all these cultures under the same roof? And, and Chicago West Bible Church has done that. One of the beautiful things about IBSA, we're focused strictly on Illinois. And so being able to partner with people who are in the same region, have a heart for the same uh, state. We all cheer for one another because we're on the same team. For Illinois Baptists, I, I hope our heart would be tender to those who need a church. It's so important to have a place where every community has a strong gospel witness. When you give to the Mission Illinois offering, you provide resources to start new churches across Chicagoland. With more than 8 million people, the missionary need is great, but the opportunities to reach people with the gospel are even greater. and thank you for allowing us to, to be part of your work in this world. Um, thank you for the gift of salvation and the hope that it gives. Lord, be with our missionaries here in Illinois at this time as they strive to serve you in, in, in the many areas around the state. Just uh, help us this morning as we worship that we, our worship will be worthy and that we will learn and connect with you. Stats us in Jesus' name. Amen. Please join me as we come together and sing.
and those weeping through the night. Come those who tell of battles won and those struggling in the fight. For his perfect love will never change and his mercies never cease. But follow us through all our days with a certain hope of peace. Rejoice, rejoice, let every tongue rejoice. chapter 24. Acts chapter 24 is where we're going we're gonna to read the scripture from. So glad you're all here. I will say, as Teresa mentioned, the parking job that you guys did today, that's a sermon illustration. Last two weeks was a sermon illustration. You guys don't do very well without boundaries, okay? <laughs> just just going to say that, right? I mean, it's what the scripture's about. We're going we're gonna to dive into God's word today, and what are we going to learn? We're going to learn boundaries that will help us be in the right spot rather than all over the place, all right? That's what that's about. So, so think about that as we walk through that. Uh, we're going to talk, the title of this one, Speak About Faith, and we're going to see what Paul does at this point. Now, he's not in Jerusalem anymore. Remember, he's 
in prison. He's a prisoner at this time, but he's been moved. He's been moved for his safety, and we're going to see the interaction that he has, particularly with Felix as we read this. Now, this week, on Friday, it was a good day. I got to go to the motorcycle shop and get new tires for the bike. All right, you know, you know that, that's, I, it's a cool place to hang out, at least I think so. It's a cool place to hang out and, and go spend some time. But while I was there, the, the, the lady who works in the parts department, I don't know if she ran to the bank or did something for the shop, but anyway, on, wherever she was at, it was Lackland and something else because she referenced a point. She hit a curb with her rear tire, and it went poof. And it went poof because it had a rip down the side because she, she caught the concrete curb. She pulls right into to Dobbs' parking lot, right? Convenient place for Dobbs to be. Um, <laughs> and the guy came out with the tools to help her out and, and get her back on the road. He, she didn't buy the tires there because they didn't have the firestones that she was after that she'd already put on the front, side, front of it, so she was happy there. But, but we get those moments, don't we? When things that we don't plan on happen to us, and, you know, we, I did the same thing at the Shell station. Come in there with the car and pop the back tire. Those are things that you don't plan on. Life sometimes sends us those things that we don't plan on. The guy that we watched in the video, John, he didn't intend to end up in prison, but he did. Right? But he did. He didn't intend to be a preacher, but he is now. Right? God used that moment. So when I, when I ask you, we go through difficult situations. And, and we, we want to know, what do I need to do in difficult situations? And, and you know, we could go into a, um, a Dr. Phil kind of episode, but I'm not Dr. Phil, all right? And so, but what I want to do is to look at when things are not as we had planned, what do we do with that situation? And so here's the question that I want to ask you, and I want to frame this. We're going to come back to it at the end, but I want to frame this as we read through the text with this question. In a difficult situation, all right, in a difficult situation, are we resolution-focused? In other words, we want a way out. How do we fix this? Or are we gospel-focused? Okay? Are we, are we resolution-focused or gospel-focused when a, when a situation arises that doesn't put us in a very pretty spot? Not the spot we intend to be. Because that's what we're, we're talking about, the advance of the gospel. So when Paul's in this difficult situation, how does he react? Because what are we looking at when we walk through the book of Acts? This isn't a history lesson. We're not training for trivia for this afternoon or anything like that. You know, we want to whoop the other churches in our trivia contest, right? We're training this. We're looking at God's Word so that not so we can whoop another church, but th so we can take on the attacks of the enemy that comes this afternoon, maybe even now, that comes tomorrow or Tuesday or Wednesday or all three of those days. What was God doing? And what were they doing? Those are the questions we want to look at so that we can apply what we read today to our lives so it will put us in a better place. A place where we can see the things that the enemy is sending at us and so that we can respond in a way that would glorify God. In a way that we would lean on Him, not away from Him. 
That's what we're working at. So let's pick it up here in Acts chapter 24. We're going to start with the 10th verse. You can read the, the previous nine verses a little bit this afternoon, and uh, it, it kind of leads into what we're seeing here. Uh, the high priest has spoken. He's made his case, and now it's Paul's turn. No, when the governor had nodded for him to speak, Paul responded, knowing that for many years you have been a judge to this nation, I cheerfully make my defense. Since you can take note of the fact that no more than 12 days ago, I went up to Jerusalem to worship. Neither in the temple, nor in the synagogues, nor in the city itself, did they find me carrying on a discussion with anyone or causing a riot. Nor can they prove to you the charges of which they now accuse me. But this I admit to you, that according to the way which they call a sect, I do serve the God of our fathers, believing everything that is in accordance with the law and that is written in the prophets, having a hope in God, which these men cherish themselves, that there shall certainly be a resurrection of both the righteous and the wicked. In view of this, I also do my best to maintain always a blameless conscience both before God and before men. Now after several years, I came to bring alms to my nation and to present offerings, in which they found me occupied in the temple, having been purified without any crowd or uproar. But there were some Jews from Asia who ought to have been present before you and to make accusation if they should have anything against me. Or else let these men tell themselves let these men themselves tell what misdeed they, have, they found when I stood before the council. Other than for this one statement which I shouted out while standing among them for the resurrection of the dead, I am on trial before you today. But Felix, having a more exact knowledge about the way, put them off saying, When Lysias, the commander, comes down, I will decide your case. Then he gave orders to the centurion for him to be kept in custody and yet have some freedom and not, prevent, not to prevent any of his friends from ministering to him. But some days after Felix arrived with the Drusilla, his wife who was a Jewish, and sent for Paul and heard him speak about faith in Christ Jesus. But as he was discussing righteousness, self-control, and judgment to come, Felix became frightened and said, Go away. For the present, and, I, and when I find time, I will summon you. At the same time, he, at the same time too, he was hoping that money would be given him by Paul. Therefore, he also used to send for him quite often and converse with him. But after two years had passed, Felix was succeeded by Porcius Festus, and wishing to do the Jews a favor, Felix left Paul in prison. So when we walk through this, the passages that we didn't read was the accusation against him. As we picked up the text in the 10th, the 11th verse, Paul says, I'm going to make my defense. Paul's going to answer the questions that were presented to him by making his defense. Paul tells his story. He, I came. I haven't, been in, I haven't been to the temple in years. And I came back. And that's what I was doing in the temple. There's no crowd around me. I'm not raising up a riot. I'm not, I'm not gathering a band of followers to, to, uh, to cause this uprising that they're accusing me of. I am part of the way. 
He acknowledges that. He doesn't dodge that question. You accuse me of that? I am. And I'm proud to be of the way. As a matter of fact, as he talks about that, he talks about the Old Testament Scriptures, and he talks about his belief in them, which they believe in. They just don't see that the Old Testament talks about Jesus, the Messiah. They miss that. Okay, so he's, he, his faith is based on what he reads in the Old Testament and the fulfillment that Jesus brought in that. So that's his defense before the people. I do my best. Right? And, and, you know, he's not, he's not, I'm not perfect. He's saying, I'm doing my best. These things I am not guilty of. And then he goes on to say, but this that they accuse me of, this is, I'm not guilty of this, I'm not guilty of this, you can check that off the box, check that off the box. If they have something else, they need to come and bring it before you, etc. That's what he's going through, is he's making his defense. And then he says, this one statement, though, that they accuse me of, I did say. And he talks about the resurrection of the dead. Paul knows that it is coming. Matter of fact, Paul is preaching it. Paul knows that the Old Testament speaks of it. And Jesus spoke of it. And so he's preaching that, the resurrection, of which some of them believed and some of them did not. I am guilty of that. And he rests his case on that. Paul deals with each of his accusations. So here's the thing. When Paul finds himself in, let me ask that question. Paul didn't intentionally end up in jail, did he? Nobody really tried, hey, I want to be a missionary and I want to plant a church. Let me go plant it in jail on the inside. I mean, John, the guy that we watched, thought that's maybe where he would be because that's where he was at at the time, and he didn't foresee that he was going to get out of jail. So I'll just have to plant a church where I'm at. And then when he gets out, he gets to plant that church on the west side of Chicago. Paul is in jail. He is a prisoner being held. He wasn't there because he wanted to be. He wasn't there because of what he wanted to be. But as he walks through and makes his defense, he's checking off those things to determine his responsibility in his situation. So when we talk about difficult situations, here's, here's the one thing that I want us to do and I want to caution against. Because as we read this, Paul's not guilty enough to be in jail. These accusations were false. So it's not his doing that put him in jail. So when you find yourself in a difficult situation... Don't automatically be Paul and say, I don't deserve to be here. I didn't do anything. We need to check because as we walk through the Scripture, it's very you, the picture is painted for you very vividly in the Old Testament. When we find God's judgment on people, when God is carrying them away to be captive to another land, it's not because they didn't do anything wrong. It's because they did absolutely everything wrong. They worshipped idols, etc. They turned from following God and followed something else. They put their trust elsewhere. So when they were carried away, when they found themselves in difficult situations, it was very much because of what they had done. So when we find ourselves in difficult situations, we need to do a little inventory. We need to ask ourselves and ask God. Because God will let you know. Right? You know, yeah, how do I look today? You might ask somebody, does this look okay, etc., like that. 
You ask God, God's going to tell you. And God's not going to be just kind just to appease you. God's going to let you know what you need to correct. We need to do that. When we find ourselves in a difficult situation, that's a good place to start. That we find out if we're in a difficult situation because we need to repent of something. In the Old Testament, that was the case. They needed to repent of something. If you find out that you did not need to repent of something, don't make something up, okay? What do we do next? How do we walk through the situation? How do we walk when, if we need repent, repentance? We repent and then what do we do with the situation? Now, as we walk through this passage of Scripture in this situation that he's in, we see what Paul does with the situation. Because what Paul gets to do and what God has orchestrated that Paul didn't see coming was Paul got to have an audience with the politician of his day. He got to sit before Felix, and Felix heard him speak about faith. And when I'm reading through that passage of Scripture, and I'm seeing the defense, and then Felix makes no decision. He just, he, he's appeasing the Jews, and he's going to keep him in jail. But while he is there, Felix takes the opportunity to have an audience with Paul. And that's an often times that he has. So his wife shows up. Drusilla is, is Jewish in background. She shows up, and, and then Paul is invited in to... He sent for Paul. I want to hear you speak. I know about the way. I know about you. I know about this Jesus. But I want further explanation. You ever, you ever had something you wanted to know something about, and you asked the guy or the person who knew something about the situation. That's exactly what Felix is doing. Felix is not an expert on, any, on everything, and he wants to know a little bit more. So he brings Paul in. He brings Paul in. And Paul doesn't skirt the issue. Paul, Paul just speaks to him straight on. And he shares about Jesus Christ. We've been talking about that. I've been amazed at the stories. I, I'm going to tell you that... that this week, I heard of two instances of people sharing their faith with somebody. And that, that made me happy. That made me excited that people are out there trying to talk to people who have pushed away from the gospel. They haven't given up. They, didn't, they, they walk into a, into a situation, sit down in a situation, and I'm going to talk about Jesus with this person. That's exactly what Paul did. So if you were one of those people, this is what you did. You did what Paul did. You sat down with somebody in a situation and you talked about Jesus. You shared your faith about Jesus. You talked about the way. You talked about the promise of God and how God sent His Son and how Jesus died on the cross for their sins, for our sins, for your sins. And so that's exactly what Paul does. And as he talks about that, as he talks about that, he talks about self-righteousness. He talks about righteousness. Good things to talk about. In other words, what is the Scripture teaching? What's Paul doing? He's putting down yellow stripes on a parking lot that Felix needs to have for guidelines. That's what he's doing. And then he talks about the judgment to come. 
I don't know how you responded. You, when, the, when I heard a preacher talk about judgment, I didn't think much of it at first. But when I realized that I wasn't on the right side of this equation, when I realized I was lost, all of a sudden, that judgment hits home. And it makes you uncomfortable. And that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to make you uncomfortable in your situation so you do something about it. And so, here's Felix listening to Paul and he talks about that judgment to come. And that's when Felix says, I have another appointment. I'm done with this conversation. You've made me uncomfortable in my situation. And he sent him away, but he invited him back several more times over a course of two years. I want to stop for a moment and think about this. Because oftentimes, God speaks to us. He's trying to get our attention. As a lost person, He's trying to get us to where we repent and we accept the gift of salvation. And He wants us to be uncomfortable. He intends for that. He, that's His drive to push us that way. But too often, people respond like Felix. In both cases this week, people responded like Felix and pushed away from the Gospel truth. Their, Felix missed it. As far as we can tell, Felix missed it. He had the opportunity to set things right. He had the opportunity to set his eternity right. And he listened with interest to a point. And then when he required change in his life, he said no. In our lives, even as Christians, oftentimes God speaks to us to the point where change needs to come in our life and we do the Felix thing and we push away. When you read this Scripture about Felix, you realize that Felix is making a horrible mistake, a grave mistake. Understand that when we push away what God wants to do in our life, we're doing the same thing as Felix, and we're missing out on where God wants us to be. I talked about Felix in that ongoing conversation. You kind of hope that in that ongoing conversation with Paul, that something would come of that. But as Luke records this, and it's kind of interesting because they figure that Luke began to write the book of Acts in this two years when they got to settle down and they weren't traveling anywhere. That's where he began to pen the book of Luke and, and the book of Acts. Put those things together. Luke records for us the reason that Felix sent for Paul over and over again. He says he was hoping for money. It's really, I mean, he, I'll listen to you, but I'm kind of hoping you'll, you'll want to pay me some money. Because who couldn't use more money, right? And so that's what he's asking for. And Paul never, the scripture never records that Paul said, Here's some money, let me out. I find that just baffling in that. I mean, how many of you played Monopoly, right? And you end up in that little corner that says j j jail. 
and you can pay $50 to get out? How many of you paid to get out? Right? I mean, that's, that's life, right? We want out of the jail because it, it, you know, you saw that cell there. It doesn't look very cozy. So you want out. Paul didn't do it. So here's a question, two questions that I want to ask you. What is missing in the account of this situation that Paul is in as a prisoner? What's missing is Paul crying to get out. You see, when I ask you that question, what's our focus when we end up in a situation, are we resolution focused? In other words, let me get out of this situation. And then I'll figure out what to do. You know, you get the flat tire, what's the first thing in your mind? i got to get the tire fixed so I can move the car. When something else happens, we're, how, do I, how do I fix this situation so that I can move on? And we become resolution focused. In this passage of Scripture, as we read through Acts chapter 24, Paul is in this situation, he gives his defense. But even in giving his defense and, 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 ask, and answering the accusations, he doesn't say, so I, I'm not guilty of this, it's time for me to go. Paul stays there. We never have Luke recording that statement that I went out. That's where I would have been, just being honest. I don't want to be in the jail. Sometimes that's because I'm resolution focused. What is present in this situation? What's present while Paul is in this situation that he didn't intend to be? In a situation that none of us would like to be in. The gospel is present in this situation. Paul, in the midst of this, is standing before Felix, who he never would have had audience with before. And he's sharing the gospel message. He's sharing the gospel message. That's the kind of thing that when I look at this passage of Scripture, that hones in on my life. When I have a situation that isn't by my design, that makes me uncomfortable, how do I respond to that? Am I resolution focused? In other words, all I'm looking is for the way out. Or am I looking for God at work in the situation? The gospel focus that I can, that we can, that Paul had, that you and I can have, that we need to learn to have. We need to, in that situation, what is it that God is doing in this situation? We're asking that question. What was God doing? When we ask that question, what was God doing in this situation? What do we see? As we're, as we're trying to understand that big picture, because we get to look at it from a, a higher viewpoint in the, in the Scripture there as we read through the book of Acts, what was God doing? God had used Paul as a missionary to share the gospel throughout this picture. Now we find him back where it all started in Jerusalem and then in Caesarea at this time. And what's, what's God doing in this time? God has given him an audience to go out and preach in many cities. Now God has him as a prisoner. And we're going to see as we read through the continuation of Acts that Paul now has an audience that he didn't have before. Because when Paul was in the other places, it wasn't the, those rulers that were coming to hear. They knew about him, but they couldn't show up. But now they have him in a jail cell. And he gets an audience. So God was opening new doors for Paul to walk through. What was Paul doing? What were they doing? In this case, it's Paul. 
What was Paul doing? Instead of complaining about the new place that God placed him, God was walk, or Paul was walking through the doors, the opportunities that God gave to him. So when we look at our life, we ask that question, what's God doing in our life? God could be opening up new doors for you. Doors that you've not been able to access before. And you get to answer that question because it's your decision. God isn't going to drag you through that door. God isn't going to push you through that door. God is inviting you through that door of opportunity, through that window of opportunity. And you get to decide whether you want to be faithful, as Paul was in this situation, and walk through that door. Or to stand at the, at the door of opportunity and say, I'm not, I'm not going. I'm not ready, whatever it might be. We get to make that decision. Here's some action steps I want you to take. This is mostly history to prepare us for the next. In other words, I'm not asking for you to go out and look for another situation, but I'm asking you to review your last flat tire, your last difficult situation, your last prison situation like Paul. That place that you were at that wasn't necessarily comfortable. A doctor's diagnosis or whatever it might have been. I want to ask you that question. Review your last situation. Be honest with yourself. Because as you review, it's oftentimes when we look backwards, we look at where we've been, then we can decide how to do, how to better move forward. We're looking at Paul and how he handled the situation, what was missing, how he, wa he wasn't resolution-focused, he was gospel-focused. So we're asking that question here, what was missing from, the last, from your last situation? Now in your last situation, that this is what you're looking for, resolution-focused or gospel-focused. Your last situation may have been missing the gospel. Because what was present was the resolution. Just you were totally focused on getting out of this situation instead of focused on what God might be doing in this situation and how that God might be able to work through you in this situation. That's the question that I want you to think about. Review some of your situations and figure it out. And so that when we... Because it, you're going to get another flat tire. Something's going to come your way that's not by your design. It's not of your liking. It's not where you want to be. But you're going to have to ask the question, first of all, did I put myself here? If so, then I need to repent. But if God has orchestrated it so that I am in this situation, how am I going to be focused? Am I going to look for how God might use this situation and me in this situation? Or am I going to say, God, get me out of this thing. How am I going to approach this situation? The next one. Review what you've done and prepare for the next one. I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to sing the invitation song. As we sing this, first of all, if you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask you today that you make that decision. Come down and if you don't understand what that means, you have some questions about that, what I want you to do is to put your trust in Him. He's the only way to heaven. I am the, way, I am the truth, the life, 
and the only way to heaven. So I'm going to invite you to do that. If you have a need to come and pray for somebody, maybe praying for their salvation, maybe praying for a specific situation in your life, then you come and you pray. Let's sing. Purify my heart, let me be as gold and precious silver. Purify my heart, let me be as gold, pure gold, refined as fire. My heart's one desire is to be. Father, we thank you this day to have been able to come and worship together as brothers and sisters in Christ. Father, I pray that the songs will go with us, the message of the songs, the message of your word would go with us. Father, we live it out for you to truly, Lord, to be set apart for you, for your honor and for your glory. Father, to allow you to work in our life, allow you to use us as a light in this world of darkness. Father, that we might touch somebody's life. And Father, they might come to accept you as Lord and Savior. Father, guide us and direct us as we leave this day. In Jesus' name, amen. So, thank you guys for being here. Here's the readings for this week. Genesis 49 and 50, we'll finish that out. Ezekiel 45 and 46, Romans 9 and 10, John 3 and 4. So we'll work through those things. Encourage you to do that. I also want to invite you back this afternoon. So at 3.30 is going to be the, the meeting for the, the, the business meeting, the annual meeting for the association. You can come and listen to that. We're going to talk about the vision for our association. We've walked, we've walked through what they call the refocus process, and today we're going to unveil what that means. And so you're invited to come. It won't be, I don't think it'll be overly boring. All right, so I invite you to, you know, when I, when I say business, you're going, oh, no, not one of those kind of things. And, and so... 
that's, that's worse than your preaching. Okay, so, so anyway, um, invite you to come back for that. But if you don't feel inclined to come and be part of that, again, I'd encourage you to do so. Come back at 425. Stand out here in the hallway if you're a little early. We'll start at 425, maybe a little later if business runs over. But we're going to have the gospel concert, the quartet, two by two is going to come, and they're going to bless you with their, their songs. And then Doug Morrow is going to speak to us about his church and the refocus that they went, the change and transformation that together, it's, it's um, Springfield Southern Baptist, is that right? Yeah, Springfield Southern Baptist, they, they've changed their name to Together Church, and they've been doing some pretty cool things. And he's actually going to bring his, one of his members, Dale Emerson. I got to meet him yesterday, and he's going to come. He's been, he said he's been through the whole process. And so he's going to share a little bit about that. You'll, in, you, you'll be inspired by what they have and challenged by what they have to say. And then we're going to have food at the end. How can you go wrong with that? We're going to have food, and we got, it's, 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 it'll be prepared this afternoon, or some of it's already prepared, but be over for that. I'm going to... We had a, a wonderful business meeting last, last week, last Wednesday. I, I have no idea what to expect on, you know, it's not, we're not voting on a house, so who's going who's to show up? We had a, had a decent crowd. And I'd like to invite you back this Wednesday night at 6.30 to do what we did at the tail end of that meeting, where we prayed a little bit and we shared a little bit. And we'll, we'll do a little bit of Bible study, but uh, we probably won't be there for the full hour. But I just, I just want to see what the interest is. And we'll talk about how we move forward in that, but I want to invite you back Wednesday night at 6.30 over in the other building. Just drive and park on the other side and we'll, we'll meet in there. There's no food or anything like that unless you bring it. Daryl, if you could bring Dilly Bars, that would be great. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so, so we'll show up and we'll have, a little, we'll have a little time of prayer, just a little time of fellowship and a little time of study. Okay. So thank you guys for being here today. You excited about today? You excited about what God is going to use you for this week? Well, come on. <laughs> you know, if you guys are the football team walking out onto the field, the other team's going to say they're going to win, all right? Okay? So let's try that again. Are we going to, are we going to take it on today, this week with Jesus? Okay. Amen. Amen. Okay. Let God use you this week.